<laughs> yeah, I'm I over it. What's up, guys? It is your girl, Sarah from Sarah Styles, here with Kristen, um, who's over it. So we're going to find out what she's over and Breezy Von Breezy. If you guys don't know them, go ahead and follow them on Instagram. And they both have YouTube channels, correct? Breezy, are you still? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I have a few videos out there if you guys want to catch me. <laughs> I got some. I got some. <laughs> um, so welcome to accountability monday thanks for joining we just go over it's very casual going over what we did what our successes were for the week and then also what our goals were for next week it is every single monday 6 p.m mountain standard if you would like to join just send me a dm it's open to anybody who would like to come on i'm like covering myself <laughs> this is not <laughs> terrible i haven't been nursing in um eight months and i still don't have a real bra um, I don't know if any other moms out there feel that, but I'm like, it might be time to like not have, you know, I don't need a nursing clip anymore. Anyway, <laughs> you feel me breathing. Um, yeah. So as we, I wait for people to hop on, I will let you guys go ahead and introduce yourself. We'll start with um, Breezy just because you're to my, well, you're, it's backwards <laughs> to my side. <laughs> um, so if you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are and your reselling full-time, part-time reselling, where you sell on, uh, maybe a little bit about how you got into it. And you're pretty niche down too, if you want to touch on that. Um, okay. So I'm Breezy Von Breezy or some variation thereof on all my selling apps. I think the only one that's really different is Etsy. I'm Breezy Von Vintage. Um, I did start off with a regular resale, like a more of a boho closet, similar to empty hangers closet in the beginning. Um, but that's when like Anthrone free people were selling like, you know, and they just don't as much anymore. So, um, I chased the money. So I went into jeans after that. I was a jeans girl for a minute <laughs> and then, um, designer jeans were like, they went away. So, um, then I switched into vintage, which is really, I, I always sold vintage always liked it. The money just wasn't there for a long time. And when I saw that the money was there, I, I was like, yay. Um, and I was doing mostly vintage for a while. I, I finally just, when I moved from, back to California during the pandemic, I sold off the rest of my non-vintage stock to, um, to Jamie, actually, if you want to go find it. <laughs> and, um, and so we've been doing just vintage. It's been great um, until like mid pandemic. I was like panicking for a second, but we're back. <laughs> and um, I sell. Well, I feel like that's everyone right now. Like things are chaos yeah. for everyone, not just vintage. <laughs> and um, so I went, I, I started on Poshmark because it is so easy. And um, now I'm on eBay and Etsy and Depop as well. I think I have a few things on Mercari, but I don't even understand what's going on in Mercari. So you might find me there. You might not. <laughs> Depends on your mood, right? Um, all mood. right. Yeah. And did you touch on how long it's been? Because you've been in the game for a minute, right? Oh, uh, I started on Poshmark in, in 2015. Um, and I guess that's where my reselling journey began. Yeah. And um, I kind of also got into vintage. I guess I should touch on this, that my dad was... Um, I grew up, like my dad was a costume designer, so we grew up with like walk-in closets full of costumes and a lot of vintage. My great uncle who lived with us also was a drag queen, so um, he obviously had a lot going on in his closets as well with vintage and, and um, sequin gowns. So it's just always been like something that was in my life. Um, and I, because of 
being raised that way and being raised in New Orleans and going to festivals, I think I always do stock a lot of um, uh, like festival stuff as well. Like go for that niche. Yeah, because you're, well, you say, if you guys don't follow Breezy on Instagram, she's doing like a Halloween vintage right now. And it is so fun to, like, it makes me want all of it. And I'm hoping so bad that they don't cancel Halloween. I don't know. <laughs> have they canceled Halloween where you guys are? I've heard that some places have already said they're well, canceling. I don't think they did. So we, uh, we're, we will probably follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I knew part I'm dressing up so much in, in Halloween vintage right now. I'm like doing my own Halloween. Well, funny enough, we usually for Halloween go to New Orleans for the Voodoo Fest. They have a oh, music festival like their Voodoo Fest. And we're usually there every year. And this year, obviously, they canceled it. So I don't I don't even care. What is Halloween without Voodoo Fest? <laughs> without like in flash, this is usually during this time too. So New it's like, like the best place to go. Yeah. For My sure. sister was going to get married on, on Halloween night too. So I'm just like, I mean, it's just one thing after another. I'm like, none of, none of, none of October is making it through the gauntlet this year. So <laughs> to me, Halloween has been canceled. <laughs> we do. We, it's called how, our, October starts the birthday season for us because me and my brother or me and my son and my daughter all have birthdays and then we love like fall festivals and Halloween and stuff. So like every single week, weekend mm -hmm. we're like booked and it's like, womp, womp, like everything. Like we still have birthdays, but you can't do it, especially for kids. Like social distancing birthday party for a five-year-old is not really fun. Like here's your friends, but you can't play with them. Right. <laughs> um, and My all the festivals. In two days, and so she's turning three. And we were, we're like going through all the things of like, what could we do? What could we do? And it's, it's literally come to this. I'm just like letting her eat candy all day. <laughs> Yeah, you get it. You get candy at McDonald's all day. <laughs> That's me to myself. Like, yeah, girl, I, you get candy today. <laughs> I feel like you're right. I do that like all the time, right? Like it's been a rough day. You get candy for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Um, we my three-year-old's birthday party was in April, so it was like everything was shut down everything was like you you know we were, you were even scared to like see family members and stuff and we were also in the midst of moving um so i'm pretty sure we like took a picture of him with a cake so we can tell him that he had a birthday party <laughs> but i'm not i like i don't actually remember doing a whole lot i think we made like a cake for dinner or something um and we well, everyone kind of Girl's birthday is in October, and we're um, this is so weird. We're taking her to a ghost town that's like a mid century ghost town in California. <laughs> like, I love it. Like why I don't get along with other moms, but that's <laughs> that's <so funny. laughs> all right, we kind of just went on a tangent with sometimes this happens on this okay, uh, show. Yeah, if you want to introduce yourself, if you guys don't know, Kristen Forage is a verb. Um, introduce yourself a little bit where you sell on and a little bit about your reselling journey. Okay. Um, starting from the beginning, I started reselling. I have like a tangible year, 2013. I had been thrifting through college and a little bit beyond college. I was just out of college when I was introduced to reselling by myself. <laughs> I introduced it to myself because I was finding things for a dollar and I'm like, none of this fits me. And so, but I know this is worth more than a dollar. So I collected a few of them. And I threw them on eBay for 99 cent auction. And I was like, Maybe somebody will bid more than the 99 cents. If I only get a 99 cent bid, so be it. Make my money back. Um, yeah. But as soon as I started getting bids beyond the dollar, I was like completely sold on reselling. I was like, oh, people will pay more 
than what I'll pay at the thrift store. This is amazing. So I got into it, didn't know anyone else in reselling, didn't for years. It took me years to find the reselling community, quote unquote. And there's lots of different niches of the reselling community. I think Poshmark is its own unique niche. And that's kind of the one that I ended up falling into. But um, I started on eBay, made my way to Poshmark in 2017, spoke at Fosh, Fosh Pass. Posh Fest 2017, um, and my husband then joined me, and we've kind of been like tag teaming Posh Fest every year for the last four, three years. Where like, because you can't speak two years in a row, so it's like he would speak and I would speak. And he, <laughs> this is the first year, neither of us are speaking, um, and uh, but we've fallen into like the Posh Fest or Poshmark community, and um, are just really excited about it coming up. And I have a lot to to say about it. So hopefully we get to touch on that. But if not, that's cool. Oh, let's um, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, love reselling. I do it full time. My husband and I have been doing it full time, uh, though he just found another job that he loves right now. But um, I've been doing it full time for almost two years now. Uh, mostly, I feel like Poshmark is my niche, but I've also been on several other platforms. I do sell on eBay. I sell on my own website through Shopify, um, which I absolutely love Shopify. So if anybody out there is interested in starting your own Shopify website, let me know um, because I really love it. And um, through PayPal, through Instagram, things like that. So I'm not a huge multi-platform person, but I got a couple of them on lock. So that's where I'm at. So day. you and your husband, because this is interesting, you and your husband are both, I mean, you said he has another gig now, but for a while you guys were both doing it full time. And I've, I feel like it's, you don't see a lot of that. Usually it's someone who's doing it full time who has a partner who's bringing in a, a, a more stable full time income. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how that, because it is very like up and down. And if you guys both, like, there's no way that I would be able, it, it's very difficult to do, I guess. So I can you touch a little bit on how you guys manage to do yeah. like do the highs and the lows and make sure that you're making the profits that you need to sustain your lifestyle? That's such a great question because it's true. Like we both had job transitions back to back. And so for a year and a half, we worked full time together on this business. Um, and it was only like two months ago that he moved into another job. It's not quite full time. So he's still helping me with my stuff too. Um, so we're definitely still in this together, but you're absolutely right. I feel like there was an element of like, people who are full-time oftentimes do have the luxury of benefits from a spouse or a partner, or they have a stable stream of income coming in where at least I can rely on that. And even since Kevin has transitioned into his new job where there is stable income, I can feel the weight of difference. I can feel the difference in none of this is stable to at least some of this is now stable. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for people who don't know how to budget. <laughs> I feel like having the variable income from every single stream is incredibly stressful, uh, very difficult. Um, and it's something that definitely multiple times like kept me up at night, woke me up in the middle of the night. I was panicking about finances. I had to check our bank account, whatever it was. Um, and so I do feel like that there was, I guess this is more of like a, whew, it's hard. It's a lot of work when all of it is variable. We did it. I feel like that's the beauty. We did it. And it means that we'll never have to do anything we don't like ever again, because we can always fall back on that. But whoa, was it a lot of work is a lot. Yeah. Of <laughs> I appreciate you being so candid and honest about it too, because it is, 
you see the social media aspects of, oh, look, I, I paid a dollar for this and I sold it for $500 and now I'm rich. Um, and then we all know, and most of the people watching this, that that's not truly the case. And you don't really see a lot of full-time, full-time sellers that don't have um, you know, a partner or like you said, an income from somewhere else and how incre incredibly hard that can be. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing with yeah. us and being candid um, about it Thank as you. well. Um, you have gotten into pallets though, right? Is this, this is a recent-ish thing? So yeah. you were doing thrifting before, but now you've kind of gotten into the pallet life. I have. Um, I did when COVID hit because Kevin and I were both, Kevin's my husband, we were both doing it full time. And suddenly every single avenue of which we got our inventory got pulled from underneath us in a second. And like, whoa, what a big deal that was. Where suddenly we're like, we have no way to source. And I tried different things. I tried, I was building websites, which helped pad us for a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm a reseller and I need inventory. So um, I thought that was as good of a time as any to buy pallets, which was great because there was no place for these outlets to sell their stuff. So like the best stuff was coming through pallets for a couple months there. And it was awesome. Um, we're still doing pallets, but I am back to traditional as well, because there's nothing like sourcing for your own closet obviously we know especially when you talk about vintage and things like that like there's something special about curating and creating something for the art of it too so i do a little bit so yeah do you prefer the um thrifting over doing a palette i would say thrifting for my soul i prefer i love curating i love create like creating something that feels authentic to me but from a pure scalability and income standpoint i would say palettes are the way to go so i like having the variability of the two and being able to mix them together to create a business plan that works for for me yeah yeah and i kind of where so i've i've had my second palette coming next week or oh, tomorrow yes. i don't even know what day <laughs> Tomorrow, it's supposed to be coming tomorrow. Um, but that's kind of how I feel. I still love thrifting and I can get much better things when I thrift, but it's kind of just having that stable, I have inventory, especially right now. It kind of threw it threw it on me when like thrift stores shut down. And even like time-wise, I'm reselling with three kids at home, remote learning with them. Um, so I don't have a lot of time to source. And I'm like, okay, at least I know I have stuff. And then if not, I can go out. I can go out and thrift if time allows. Um, that's like Rizzi, a like a little bit of that. You get burnt out on the palette though. Like this is my, was always my thing is that if I'm not selecting it, then I'm not, that's like the part we, we Jones on, right? We get excited mm -hmm. about. And um, mm -hmm. it's probably actually a sickness, but whatever. And you're excited about it. And so then, cause I find this, if I, I'm never a person with what you call a death pile, because if I allow a death pile to happen, I'm not excited about listing the stuff that was even just from one haul before. So mm -hmm. I have to do it immediately. So, and that's always been my thought on a palette. Like if somebody else selected the items and it's a lot of them, a lot of them, am I going to get burnt out on that? Yeah. I definitely got burned out way faster on palettes than I ever did sourcing for myself. That's why I had to reintroduce it. Cause I'm like, if I'm doing this solo, it, which I am, I mean, I've got a VA, but I'm doing most of it solo. I, I have to be excited about what I'm listing. I'm not excited about that BP sweater. I'm not excited about <laughs> So, and I, and I do, I do like, cause I think everything I get 
unless unless it's damaged, it can be profitable. But mm -hmm. it, like you're saying, there's like no excitement in it, so it doesn't get listed, and then it burns me out in that way. So I do like things like mystery boxes for the items that I'm like, all right, I'm going to select a few from this that I'm going to list individually, and then the rest will do out in mystery boxes because there are people who really love to list the things that I'm less excited about because I've just been doing this for seven years. So I kind of have seen everything and nothing's really that thrilling to me anymore. Right. So I think that's the difference is I love going into like a Buffalo exchange or something and finding something unique there that, that no one else recognized or knew the value of, you know. Maybe I'm the odd one out here. Or obviously I'm the odd one out here because I do enjoy thrifting, but I kind of enjoy the ease of just having stuff, taking pictures of it, listing it, like not, like it's almost like I don't have to think about anything. And right now where my life is, and I've only, this is only my second palette. Mm -hmm. So if you guys watch in six months and I'm like, I hate this, this is awful. Like you guys, <laughs> I told you so, but it, it's kind of just nice to have. And then you get like multiple. So I'm like, okay, cool. I only have to take one picture of that. I Like where my life is at right now with the three kids and remote learning and everything, I'm like, I still have things going in and I don't really have to, I, I'm kind of enjoying the not really having to think about it part. Um, totally. not, it's just there. I take pictures. I have processes. I've kind of turned into a little bit of a robot. Um, but hopefully when the kids go back to school, hopefully, hopefully they'll go back. Um, <laughs> it'll get better. <laughs> um, you did touch on the VA and I know me and Breezy have touched uh, or talked a little bit about like outsourcing and employees and stuff like that. Um, and I want both of you guys is your opinions on this. We're supposed to be talking about our successes. We'll get there in a minute. You guys keep like bringing things up that I want to touch on. Um, so you talked about having a VA um, and I know me and Breezy have talked about like outsourcing and certain things. And I think a lot of full-time resellers have some kind of help. Um, I mean, it's a lot to make a living and do it all on your own. So do you guys want to kind of touch on what it, what you're comfortable sharing, um, what help you do have, um, or if in the future you think that you might get? I have a VA for sharing on Poshmark because A, come on, and B, literally I have osteoarthritis in my hand. So it's not gonna happen. It was so painful for me to do this. And that's how I found out I had the osteoarthritis was by going because Poshmark was murdering me. <laughs> so um, do you hear that Poshmark? You are murdering me. <laughs> so these are stories. <laughs> so anyway, I do have a VA to share and I use cross listing apps to, mm -hmm. the, oh my God, that's mind blowing, mind saving time. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I would love to outsource everything. I wish I could get another model in because I can't, I can, I can somehow contortion into mediums with my XL to XXL self. I don't know how, but I can't get smaller than that. Um, so I'd love, a mo I would love, I would love photography. I would love everything. I would love to outsource everything if I could, because just, in the new, it's hard, um, you know, but Right now, I'm just yeah, just the list, uh, just the VA and the cross posting app is the is the help I receive. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I've kind of done it all. So obviously, I've had Kevin, my husband, helping me full time for 
you know, a year and a half. So the two of us together could knock out most of it. Um, I do rely heavily on things like automation and technology. Things like cross-listing apps are so important. They're so important, which I know we want to talk about maybe automation for a bit here today. But um, so there's one. Uh, and then I also use Upwork.com. Uh, you can get a VA there. And I think I was always feeling like a VA for whatever the task is. Like for me, I really needed somebody to be sending out offers every 24 hours for the last 24 hours of likes. Like I really wanted that. So that's what I use a VA for. But um, yeah, I just think there's an element of like, people think like a VA needs to be someone and granted, there are people in the community that can be VAs and are doing a great job of being VAs and who are honest and trustworthy. But um, a lot of times or sometimes VAs will use bots or things like that and say that they're not touching the bots because they're super easy to get. Bots are incredibly, I think people underestimate how simple it is to get a bot. And what will happen is they're really like upcharging people for the use of a bot. And, um, and so... I think even Upwork is probably a really good solution because you can find someone outside of the community and screen share and show them, this is what I want you to do. Here are the buttons that I need you to click. You can kind of do a screen recording of your screen. And that's what I did with mine. And I said, here's how you send offers for the last 24 hours. And I know that this person is not someone in the reselling community who like understands where to find, maybe she does, good for her. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's an element of, of kind of outsourcing outside of the bubble um, that was really helpful for me. Um, you can get really great deals in Upwork too, um, especially if you are willing to go outside of the US. I know that's like a touchy subject, but if people are willing to outsource outside of the US, um, you can get like, you know, great deals on VAs that way too. So, first of all, I think Poshmark does technically say you can't VA outside the US. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know some people have VPNs and things like that, um, which I find. Re can we just start early? Can I just say, yeah, many people outside of the country working for them that I just think it's ridiculous that they say that the business owners on their apps can't also have somebody outside of the country working for them because they do it. They have an entire team in India outsourced for their to build their app. So I don't know. I think that we should be able to, but I know I have a friend personally who has a VA outside of the country and she uses a VPN, um, which I think is fine. Honestly, though, I have used VAs outside of the country and it has not affected my account at all. I don't currently, but I have historically and it didn't, it didn't affect my account at all. I did know people who used them and had their account yeah, there was like one time, I don't know if there was a bunch of people at once got hit like a year ago or something and Poshmark basically put down the hammer and said you can't do it. Um, so, I but don't I know what it's like now. Like their account was, something was weird, like something weird was happening with the account or something. Yeah, I've heard something like that too, where they, something else happened, but then they also caught that issue. Like they were doing other things maybe that they shouldn't have been doing or something and then that made them catch that issue. I mean, I think if Poshmark doesn't want us using automation, they need to give us what eBay gives us, which is the access yeah. for an assistant. It's insane to say you cannot use automation and now give all this sensitive information to someone else. That's the only option. I ran the numbers and um, I've shared this before. I'm like, if you have a thousand or 1500 items in your closet, it's going to take you about an hour each time you share your full closet. If you're going to do that three times a day to stay competitive, the cost of that in Arizona for somebody who is um, a minimum wage is going to be $12,000 annually for somebody just to share my closet. Right. It's just not doable for 
poor, poor full-time resellers. And I just think that we need to like look at that and like exactly like eBay gives you, you don't have to share over and over on eBay. And it, I'm not even talking about sharing other people or community stuff or connecting in that way. I'm talking about sharing your own stuff, things where you're just mindlessly clicking the same button and looking at your own stuff over and over. It's like, well, we need some kind of, whether or not it's approving of automation or not, we need some kind of solution to this problem where people can't grow past a certain spot because they're going to get these crazy things that are like, oh, like I have to go to the doctor because I, I can't see you straight or because I have arthritis or because whatever, because these things are actually happening with their community. And that's not going to be a long-term solution. you got to find a long-term solution in this. I mean, I think if you go into the history of Poshmark, Poshmark, historically it made sense in the beginning because you couldn't search for things. You didn't know how to find, there was no like way to find right. things. So there, you, there was the parties and there was sharing. And this was the only way to see the items but obviously it's changed so much over the years and it's become obsolete just like the parties are obsolete let them die let them die <laughs> go sometimes you know <laughs> so i think that they need to understand this that it but here's what's happened i think they have built a platform on posh love and um also <laughs> Sharing is actually what it really is, is getting people to get on the app and plug hours, which looks good to their investors. And they, before the pandemic, were trying to go public for, you know, they were trying to go public. Like, I mean, maybe a lot of people are unaware, but I think there's a good amount of us who are aware. So it's like, please stop pulling the wool over eyes. Like, just tell us the yeah. truth, I feel like, you know? But I think there's other ways to get us on the app. eBay is not making us go on the app by sharing. Neither is Mercari, neither is ThreadUp, neither is Depop. Nobody else is doing it. So why do we have to do it on Posh? Yeah, because one of the, exactly what you're saying, the key metric is engagement, like social engagement. We're a social app and people want to be here. People want to socialize on the app. People want to like, we want to make this like, I mean, that's the that's their big value add is the cross post, like the, 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 um, socialization within a selling app. That's what they do different than anyone else on the market. And as you're saying, I mean, I used to write investor letters all the time. I mean, my last job. And so I understand that if you're the social app, you need to prove to your investors that people want to be on your app doing social things. And so it's so easy to make the data murky with, are the investors asking, well, how many of these people are sharing their own things? in yeah. an effort to get their own thing seen. And if they yeah. solve that problem, does that mean that the amount of time spent on the app drops and they can no longer tell their investors that anymore? So that's my whole thing is like, I've been, the reason why this is sensitive to me is because I've been there. I've been there with with uh, trying to make the data look nice to an investor when it doesn't, when it isn't nice. So I've just been there. And um, I think that's why I have like a bit of anxiety around it. because I'm just like, I can see it for what it is and I get why it is the way it is. I think that's the hardest part for me is I'm like, in order for Poshmark to survive, maybe this is the only way right now. Well, and like, well, and but I don't defend them. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, it's just what, um, it, what you, <laughs> wait, what did you intend before? <laughs> no, you go. Um, it just, I mean, it says some um, apart. There's so many different platforms and that's kind of what, Poshmark is, is a social platform. So I don't know that they can, because there's been talk in the community, oh, get rid of sharing. And I don't know that they want to or yeah, that yeah. they because that's what makes Poshmark not eBay or not, you know, all of these, there's like 20, 25, they just more reseller apps are coming out. So they need to, but I, I do 
think that there's ways that they can maybe improve upon it. Um, I am not sure that they want full-time resellers um, on the platform. I don't know that they, and it's not, I'm not saying it in a negative way. I just think some of their business practices, the nice thing about sharing when you're new and you're not a full-time reseller and you put cute top as your title, boom, it's at the top and you can sell it. Right. You mm -hmm. don't have to know. SEO, you don't have to know algorithms. You don't like you don't have to know the scary eBay world. And so I'm I've always You're wondered. So right. if You're so right. I'm necessarily trying to market to. And I don't want to say this in a negative light against Poshmark, but for full time resellers, maybe it's not we're not necessarily their market because they are trying to get a lot of. I mean, we are in the Poshmark community of full time resellers. And so that's all we see. But there's a large, I mean, there's a lot more people on Poshmark than just uh, the little full-time resellers all the time that are clearing out their closet and making money here and there. And that may be more the avenue that they're going towards. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, I think, and I was going to say, I'm actually going to defend Poshmark for once in my life, um, that I will say of all the apps, they are the friendliest. They're when you join the Facebook groups or go to the podcasts, whatever it like, let's be honest, it's 90%, I think female or maybe more. And generally speaking, just females, we are like more embracing kinder sex, you know? So I have always felt that when you're embraced by the community, they, they're like, Oh my God, you're new. Let me show you everything, you know? And they, they take baby steps and you can ask all the dumb questions and nobody yells at you. And you go over to an EBA Facebook group and they're like, what is wrong with you? Google. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh my God. Holy. And eBay, there's like a thousand questions. Cause you're like, I don't even know what the pay structure is over here. You guys purposely hit it. <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't even know how to find the pay structure because right. I go to a tab and I'll never find it again. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I do think maybe we could change it though. We like, I would love to not have to focus on sharing my own closet and I would love to go in and share other people's closets, especially because I feel like people do know me as a vintage closet. So I would love to go pick vintage out of other people's closets and be like, look at this dope vintage. You haven't mm -hmm. found this seller yet, you know? But I'm not given that opportunity because I'm dying for my osteoarthritis from sharing. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Followers aren't actually followers on Poshmark, right? Like I have, I think I'm following like 2 billion people or something ridiculous, yeah, right? Yeah. Where what I'm seeing isn't actually what I'm seeing, where if it was more like other social platforms and I was only following people that I actually wanted to follow and I could share their mm -hmm. stuff. Like when I share stuff on Instagram to my stories, then my followers go and look at that where... It, I think it got too much, right? Like the only way that you could get followers and get people to see your stuff is to do mass followers. And now everyone has a zillion followers and it's kind of gone outside yeah. of that right. social aspect of it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and even oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're not. I was going to say, even their story feature, like this was a good idea and it could have been great, but they introduced it at the worst time possible. <laughs> so, it was so toned up. And yeah. it, instead of us, this was a tool that we could have used and we could still use and it could be cool. But people are so angry about it. And I understand why they got angry about it, you know? But so it's like sometimes I want them to introduce things in the right way and, and in the why right way. About it. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't I know why. They introduced it like right in the middle of like things being really crazy with the pandemic and people sales yeah. are really far down. Yeah. And, and it's like, what are you giving us? You're giving us stories like we're. People were, you know, unemployment's up. People were, I felt that my husband got unemployed during the pandemic. You know, I like it is rough um, and scary. And when you're scared, you're like, you're throwing me stories. 
<laughs> Whereas like, you know, by the time they threw stories, my husband was reemployed. So I was like, stories. Everyone else was like, no. <laughs> I think I did a story like the first day and then it's like one more thing to do. And I'm like, I just, I can't do it. Um, I am wondering though, because there's a lot of um, Poshmark can improve things, but is from what I recall, Poshmark is one of both, like you're Kristen, Poshmark is your main and Breezy Poshmark's up there with your main, if not your main source of income. So I'm curious to know. It's up there. It's I mean, up there. I'm curious to know because there are, there's eBay, there's, I mean, there's Tradesies and Thread. I mean, there's so many, I'm not going to name them all, but there's so many other places that what keeps you with Poshmark and not going to other places. So my two top performers right now is Poshmark and Shopify, which is my own website. And the big difference there is that Poshmark has the infrastructure built in for marketing which I don't have to do anything for, and they have the infrastructure built in for customer service. So thinking about how seamless a case is, they send the label over. I've had to do both, I've had to do marketing, and I've had to do customer service with my own website. And both of those really can take you out for a bit because you're trying to problem solve, or you have to go and do that activity that you don't have to do with Poshmark. So um, I would say Poshmark is by far the most simple, um, and I love the Poshmark community. It's just the best community. Um, and I think that Poshmark, especially like their community team, like genuinely loves the community. So I actually like really love the Poshmark team. Um, it's like the ones that I've at least gotten a chance to meet and know. And so um, Poshmark will always be like the first place I direct people to. It is the most simple. I feel like exactly as you said, Sarah, where it's like they're really targeting the people who are trying to clear out their closets and like, I've been doing this for several years and I've been doing it a couple of years full time. So obviously the frustrations of trying to be a full time seller on an app that has not built an app for me, for my solutions, for scalability, for the ability for me to be able to ship multiple items at once. Like these things haven't really existed. And so um, like for those reasons, I can have those frustrations. But at the end of the day, I mean, exactly as mentioned, like the amount of flaw, like I just got burned out on eBay so fast and keep in mind, that's what I did before Poshmark that I was like, I vowed, I was like, I will never go back to you eBay. And I've never felt that way about Poshmark. I've just felt frustrations around like running an entire um, um, conference around business ownership when it feels like so many of the features fall short of business ownership. You know what I mean? Um, so there's been some wrestling with that. I also think 2020 has just been a rough year for me. So I feel like a little bit edgier. I feel like I'm a little bit rougher around the edges and I feel sensitive to things that um, like I didn't this time last year. And so give me another year and I might be back on my game. But I definitely feel like there's kind of this friction amongst exactly as you mentioned too, Breezy, like this friction amongst like the tone deafness of like what those on their app are kind of struggling with and kind of the features that they're sharing on top of that, which Again, probably make investors happy, but make their users a little bit less happy. Yeah, and I love, um, if you guys don't follow Kristen on Instagram, I love following her because when, I feel like a couple months ago, there was this big thing in the social media community of like, let's, you know, let's um, protest Poshmark and we're not gonna do shares anymore and we're not gonna, um, but your comments and YouTube breezy are like, let's find solutions. I understand why they're doing this. I understand Poshmark. Mm -hmm. Let's think critically and find solutions and set up like, we're not like, if I don't share my closet, it just means I'm just not going to make sales. <laughs> like, that's not, right. no, Poshmark is like, okay, well, sorry to share her closet. I think yeah. even if you got five 
for people not to like that's not really um, I just want like my, my biggest desire is like that Poshmark would just laterally so laterally lateral problem solving is looking at this problem from a different perspective mm -hmm. so a lot of people get stuck on tell us we can automate take away sharing kind of these kind of like what we perceive as solutions when it's like we don't understand the technical infrastructure that Poshmark's built on we don't understand the relationships happening within Poshmark we don't understand the executive team's relationship with their investors we don't understand any of that so instead it's like how do we partner as a community with Poshmark to problem solve the fact that we're spending hours a day clicking the same button over and over how do we solve this Poshmark and it's like that if we come if you come with a problem versus the solution because we just don't know what the solution is we don't know how they built their code we have no idea what their kpis are which is key performance indicators like what are they having to report on and so we can just be like hey guys like this is benefiting no one <laughs> spending hours yeah. a day in our own closet like is not a huge benefit to me as a business owner can we solve this <laughs> That's the key, I, I feel. Yeah, and I feel like hopefully, I mean, we'll see what Poshfest brings with their um, hackathon. Um, if actual yes. things come out of it, um, I feel like some of the times I've watched in the past, like today they rolled out. What was it that they rolled out today? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. yes, but they, it was supposed to come with bulk um, shipping, which I was excited yeah. about. Because eBay yeah. has bulk shipping, and it makes my shipping like significantly less. Um, so I went over and I thought that's what it was. And I was like, oh. No, it's just the package. But that's, I mean, that's exactly the features we're looking for. And I mean, granted, there's this balance that they have to walk because there's so many different users on their platform. So they do have the full-time users and they're trying to cater to them with things like bulk shipping. But I mean, they're still kind of fundamentally a startup in a way. And so I think there is an important, like having Grace on the team and saying like, just hear me, just say you hear me and tell me you are going to try to find a solution. Like, don't just kind of shut it down as like, we right. aren't getting rid of that, you know? Like, say you say you hear me, just say you hear me. <laughs> and they did, and actually on that note, I don't know if you guys follow Amber Resells or, um, or Sasha, she did a video about, she did like a service, her, I love her content because it's very well done um, and she, you know, has, data background so of course i love her but um wow. she did a video and did like a, she did a survey and asked the community like what would you fix and she did it from a buyer's perspective and a seller's perspective and did you know a whole study on it and sent it to poshmark and they actually like really thoroughly responded to hey this is what the community wanted um from a buyer's perspective and a seller's perspective these are like the things that they want improved and they actually went through step by step in a timely manner i think it was like a week ish um from an so i think manage came out right away and then gave it to whoever the team is in charge of responding but came out in a really good way of um responding to some of those things that we've talked about it's on her channel or i did an interview with her on my channel um but that's another thing like you were saying yeah. kristen that they responded and they were like, we hear you. We, but, and they even said like, this is something we're looking into, but there are certain things that we may not be able, like there's reasons that we couldn't be doing that because of X, Y, Z, right? That's right, I'll have to check that out. I do follow her, but I don't, I didn't see that. So that's, I love the data. I love just infusing data with like actual solutions that help people scale, help people get onto the platform. The onboarding is so great on Poshmark. I mean, like we said, like it's just so simple to list something. I mean, even I will still tell people to go to Poshmark first. Always. I really do. I really Always. do. Because you can't beat that listing. That's so simple. And I'm like, if you don't know how to sell, go to Poshmark. It's like, simple. 
And right. And that's part of this is completely gotten away from what my Monday meetings are, but I love it. And it's good conversation. So I'm not going to steer us away. Um, but that's like some of their solutions that were like, well, like bulk editing, we want bulk editing, or can you do pricing? Some of the uh, things that came out of Amber's was like, you should do pricing for shipping. Oh, and it's like, well, but if you get all of these things, then it makes Poshmark not Poshmark and simple anymore because now it's complex. People who don't know, you know, we all have, like I have a shipping station and I have inventory and like, I know how it all works, but that's not the majority of Poshmark users. And if you start getting complex, shipping where you don't just have to print one label and you have to like go through a bunch of screens for bulk editing. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, if the solutions that we might, that we want may be too complex and then make Poshmark not Poshmark anymore. And at the end of the day, that's like their, they have to look at their business plan and say, this is the business plan that takes us the distance. This is the business plan that works for us at scale. And I think Part of me is like, well, the people who are already making money in your app and doing it at scale are probably people who will help make your company more money at scale. And so part of me is like that. But at the same time, I'm like, I am not, this is not my business. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a platform I sell on. Um, I have one of my best friends is just so good at like leveling me. She's like, it's just a platform you sell on. And like, you've met some great people through it and you have a great community around it. And I'm like, dude, you're so right. Like, if you want to do the automation route, do the automation route. You know what you're risking. Like, just like live your life, run your business. And and I like to, you know, when I feel like I can be heard, I like to vocalize like things that will help other people in my community who are also selling and trying to grow a business outside of the occasional, you know, I wore this to a wedding and I'd like to sell it, you know? I think my, yes, right. my issue more than sharing, honestly, with them, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, I don't like things like the wholesale market because I feel like you do get a lot of housewives and a lot of stay-at-home moms in Poshmark. Um, a lot of people who start off small and then think, oh, I can make a business of this. And they really push something like wholesale market and tell you, you and they're always pushing that you can be your own business. You're, and, and, and I'm here to tell, I want everyone to know right now, if you are selling on any app that is not your own website, you don't that's not your business <laughs> like you are making money you have to pay taxes but you this is not breezy von breezy for real <laughs> you know like i cannot <laughs> sell closet. you know what i mean i can they sell can my own whatever they want they can take it down and do whatever they want at any yeah. time so, like if you, um, had, if you had someone from another country yeah yeah so to me i feel like sometimes and it's such a female dominated app and i feel like sometimes they're preying on women and I don't like that. And I will say, well, I think there's a lot of sexual harassment rampant on that app. And I do think they're aware of it. And um, not, I, I don't I don't just think. I know for a fact because I went through it. And I reported right. all the time today, every single day. And it wasn't until I took it viral at, for a while that finally I was contacted. There was no follow-up, nothing. They continued to harass me. I had the same thing happen on eBay. They took it extremely seriously. They went through, removed everything went to remove the accounts. They monitor my account now so that this does not happen to me anymore. There are things you can do. There are things you can put in place to protect the women uh, that are making you money. And I, that, that to me, like I'll share all day, but please keep toxic men from sexually harassing me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this brings up a good point too, because I think we all are on different platforms. And while Poshmark is one of the big ones, Poshmark and eBay are like head to head for me, just depends on the month. Um, 
but it's a good idea to have multiple platforms because something could happen to Breezy's point. Something could happen on Poshmark and boom, you're done. Like they can decide to change everything completely, get rid of your closet, delete. Like they own everything that you have on their app. They own that. Um, and so, and that actually comes into Shopify. I wanted to touch base with you on that, Kristen, because you said you have that you love it. Um, and I think I, I've heard that it's really easy. Um, so I want you to kind of talk a little bit about that. But the thing that makes me weary of it, you have a big following. You have that you've already done the marketing because you have a following. I am nervous to kind of promote it to people are, who are like, you know, Poshmark sellers and like, okay, cool. I'm going to do my own thing, but they don't have a fault. Like you have to do the marketing and Poshmark, eBay, Kinsey's, Tracy's, whatever, all of these places are, they do the marketing for you. Um, so it's not quite that simple. Right. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a big difference in the energy you have to put into getting people to see your stuff. Right. <laughs> What? Yeah, you drive your own traffic. Drive your own traffic. There are ways you can do ads, social media ads. You can do SEO, which is search engine optimization, where people are Googling and they come across your stuff because your SEO is really good. Um, neither of those are my thing. I do more organic social media stuff, which is that's kind of the perspective I come at. But my thing is, so Shopify, for those who don't know, Shopify is just a platform to build a website, basically. It's like, it's not the same as Poshmark in that they're not taking fees from you other than you pay them $30 a month to just host your website with them. Um, and they give you some tools to build your own website out. So that's kind of where their relationship with you ends. Uh, and so it's like 30 bucks a month for the basic store. And I mean, I think that is if you, a lot of sellers on Instagram do promote their listings through their Instagram page. A lot of people do it, whether it's in their stories, look at my new listings, look what I just did. Um, so there is an element because there are cross-listing apps now like List Perfectly, Vendu, there's some popular ones out there. List Perfectly will now cross-list to Shopify. So for me, if you're able to make sales a month on your own by posting to Instagram, if you know you will sales by saying, Hey guys, check out my sale on Poshmark or Hey guys, will you look at these new listings? If you know that you've made a couple sales doing that, then I think it's time to, if it's exciting to you to look into getting your own website and you can with a click of a button cross list items from Poshmark, um, whether it's a select amount, you can cross list it to Shopify or like, let's say you wanted to curate and have like your Shopify be or your website, Shopify slash website be like, Hey, here are my like new items. Everything goes to my websites first and then it goes to Poshmark. There's lots of ways you can play the psychology of building your own website and your own following. Once people make an order with you, they give you your email. Now you have their email so that now you can send out marketing content. And so there's a lot of beauty in, in the, the fullness of it, you know, and the creativity that you can play with it. And you can do discount codes and you can do, yeah, email marketing and you can do tap to shop on Instagram. Now Shopify and Instagram are now connecting with each other so that if you click on an item, you can buy it on Instagram. There's all this stuff happening that if you, if you're already promoting your own listings, it's worth looking into, I think. I will say too, yeah, no. Etsy and maybe eBay. Um, I know for sure Etsy has like that um, in their analytics where you can see how much traffic you have driven yeah. to them. So for me, like I just now am like it's on my list now to open a Shopify, but I waited until I hit a certain like that I saw I was pulling enough traffic, which was yeah. what I thought was enough traffic. 
you know, but I mean, that's easy because you can look at your numbers, you can look at the traffic and you're saying, okay, now I literally hit this many numbers myself, you know, love that data. And I love that. And Shopify is really great at giving you and delivering data. It's, they tell you everything you could possibly ever want to know how people got to your store, where they are. There's like a live map that will show like where the people who are on your website currently lit, like where they live, like where they're pinging from. And so you can see like a map that shows where everyone is. It is so cool. I just think it's just I just think it's the best. And so, but it's only for the people who feel like pulled toward selling on their own. If you're just somebody who just wants to like list it and like let it go, I wouldn't suggest it. Well, I, and feel so like I'm, I feel like Viver Vintage is perfect. It's like you're building, right. you're, you're building your audience and you're building what you're selling and you're bringing people in. So anyway. Oh yeah, all the vintage sellers be getting into it. They're all into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, Breezy, you do sales on Instagram. Like you get sales, on, you're big enough on Instagram and you make sales on Instagram to know that. If you get them on Poshmark, Poshmark doesn't give us that data to know, but other places do and you run story sales and stuff. Um, but I'm curious, like just as far as a time split goes, because I'm thinking like all the back end stuff. Now you're like running your own website and you're like shipping stuff on your, like you're, it's not like printing something out. Like Poshmark and even eBay does all of that on the back end. They're the IT for you. They're the marketing for you. They're the, so how would you say that time commitment of Shopify compares to like how much you're spending on Poshmark? So when you're talking about, it depends on what part of the process, if you're talking about listing an item, it's exactly the same as Poshmark. I list faster. I can list in 30 seconds on Shopify because what I usually do is I don't put a description in. It's up to you. You can do whatever you want on Shopify. And so because part of what I do is like I do twice our cost, which basically means I sell items for twice what I paid for it. That's part of my business plan with my website. And because of that, people just see the item and they're like, I want that at that price. Like it's a great price. I'm just going to get it. You know, I just put the condition in that. That's it. And so I can list really, really, really fast. It's a similar kind of listing uh, form that you would see. It's got some more um, like some more complexities to it, but it's not that bad. It's not as bad as eBay. eBay is the worst. If you can do eBay, you can do Shopify. Shopify is significantly more simple than eBay. Um, when it comes to shipping, you can use an, an extension or an app such as uh I think it's Pirate Ship. We use ShipStation, and they make it incredibly easy to ship. Again, much easier than eBay. Not as easy as Poshmark. Not as easy as Poshmark, but easier than eBay, I would say, for sure. So I think it's just one of those things that, like, it, there is, like, a little bit of a learning curve of getting comfortable in it. But once you're there, I mean, every part of the process, I would say, is faster except for shipping than Poshmark. And getting – because there's a couple of people in the chat and then – as well have talked about like getting started yeah. assuming there's a learning curve and you have to like go in and set things up i don't have shopify i do a um wordpress site but i've heard that it's extremely for easy for users um where you're not having to like code things and you're not i mean what aspect like how long if like let's say today i want to start one how many hours do you think it took until you were like, okay, I'm good. I decided to build my website for twice our cost. And within two hours, I had people buying on it. So you can, and I don't know how to code. Um, I can do a little bit, but I didn't use it for that because it just, there is a process of like learning like certain phrases, kind of like anything like Poshmark, eBay, whatever. There's certain phrases that you need to know. You need to know what a collection is. A collection is basically a grouping of your items. Like 
a collection of pants, a collection of items under $25, like a grouping of some kind. You have to understand what that is. You have to understand things like an automated collection, like, oh, an item, um, once an item drops to zero inventory, take it out. Those things where it's like it automatically removes it. Otherwise, you'll be stuck with sold items with all of your kind of like you would see on Poshmark if you didn't share anything. That's what it would look like. So there's some certain things you got to like figure out. But I mean, I figured it out within a day and I had a website working the next day that the public was on. It's grown a lot and it's like evolved a lot. But I'm a like get it out there fast. Like, let's test it. Let's do it. And like, let's grow it from there. So I would say if you can do eBay, you can do Shopify. For okay. sure. Um, <laughs> I had a question as you were saying that, but now I don't. Sorry. But I didn't write it down. Um, and we are coming towards the end. We did not talk anything about our goals and our successes, but I hope that, no, 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 that's my fault. <laughs> I hope that you guys everyone watching this really enjoyed it. Um, usually we start with a little chit chat and that just ended up being the hour. Um, and I really am appreciative of you guys bringing your thoughts in. Um, opinions opinions to the channel and sharing with us i think there was lots of great stuff to share i do want to touch base really quick um on breezy i wanted to make sure to touch base on this she is a vintage seller and she recently um started a little a side hustle i don't know what you would call it, a new business venture of um helping people date stuff um so i want you to talk a little bit about that because i think it's a great vintage is very scary for people yeah. And I, I mean, I do vintage a little bit, but it's always like, well, is this really this era? Is it like you can't look up, you know, the number and see, you know, look up comps on it and stuff. Um, so I think it's a great idea um, and a great added to the community. But if you want to touch base a little bit about what it is. Um, I just started a service like a vintage dating authenticating service because um, when I just said vintage dating, people thought that <laughs> they're like a dating site for, for vintage minded oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, <vintage> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my next venture. Um, no, uh, so this this is for the reselling community. And if you are new to vintage or you want to buy something and you're unsure if it's real or whatever, you can send me pictures and then I will date it to the decade. I mean, I'll date it as close as I can. And sometimes I can get it within a few years, but mostly to the decade for you. If I cannot definitively date it, I won't charge you. And the service is only a dollar. And I do like to, um, like, as you send me the pictures, I'll educate you. Like, I'm not just going to say, oh, it's 1974 to 79. I'll tell you why. So that hopefully you can learn from the process. Like, I mean, it's kind of a weird business setup because I'm setting myself up for you to not come back. But I really do want the community to learn, like, and benefit from it. So, um, and I kept the price low because I want people to be able to use it, you know. Um, and, you know, yeah, for me, I like when I started out, the things I just learned a lot in the time I started doing vintage hardcore. And um, I didn't like put this service out till I felt like I was pretty crazy hardcore. Like I can just sometimes really just look at something like glance at it. I'm like, it's 1974 to 1979. <laughs> like it's just, that's cool, yeah. but um, yeah, so that's out there for everybody if you want to use it. And I do think a lot of people are like, like you said, um, scared to get into vintage because they just don't know at first. Um, but there's so much money in vintage and it's often passed up for that reason. So um, yeah, like why stop yourself from making money? Don't make the money. Love oh, it. for sure. And I think it's a helpful, um, like at the end of my day 
here. It's helpful to the community as well, because I think part of the problem I see online with vintage is a lot of people are misstating things and misrepresenting things. Um, and then it makes it harder for vintage sellers because then it's like, oh, you know, these Levi's were supposed to be this and I got them and they weren't. And now, do you know what I mean? Like if yeah, you can educate true. them and it makes vintage a bit more um reputable when people are selling stuff online and even searching um, it can be a bummer it can be a bummer because you're finding so much it's like in the days of when you were searching for anthropology and it was like nothing but poof you're like why <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i do i think the more we educate the community about it the, the better the experience for the buyers and the sellers are that's right all right. Well, I am going um, to stop us there. If you guys have anything, I do like to do some shameless self-promotion as well, because I really want to thank you for coming on my channel and spending an hour with me. I know we all have a lot going on definitely this year because it's just pure chaos, but in general, and I appreciate you coming on to my channel and sharing your knowledge um, with me as well. So if there's any other shameless self-promotions, if you're having sales or anything that you would like to share with everyone um, before we sign off. I would just say keep in touch and be my friend. My Instagram is there. I feel like that's where I spend most of my time if I'm not in one of the platforms I'm selling on. So be a pal. Voyage yes, is a word. I'm always there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will attest to this. Both of them are sometimes you see people who have a lot of followers and it's kind of scary or you don't hear back for them or it's like one word. Anytime that I've said anything to either one of them, um, it's, a conversation. You know, I feel like we have had true communications, not just like a little emoji. And I'm not I saying anything. I love to. I'm like, thank God an adult's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm with you, we have kids around the same age, so I'm with you on that as well. And I'm not just seeing bigger um, social media people because I'm sure they get a ton of DMs. I'm just saying that you guys definitely they're saying true to their word if you have questions for them. Yeah. about anything that we talked about today or the stuff on their Instagram, definitely um, hit them up. So thank you guys again so much for coming. This again is every single Monday, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard. I, it is open to anyone. So if you would like to come on, normally we chat about our weekly successes and then our goals for the next week. Sometimes we do get sidetracked and talk about lots of other things as well. Um, and then if you are listening, this will be on the podcast as well. Just if you don't want to watch us, you just want to listen while you um, are listening or something, it will be up on the podcast the following week as well. So thank you guys so much. And I will see you for what sold Wednesday at 430 on Wednesday. Have a good night. Thanks so much, Sam. I appreciate it. Bye.